This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. Uh, we will get to your emails in just a couple of minutes. Remember, when you're looking to send an email, send it to Mike Francesa Gmail. Uh, Mike Francesa has a podcast at gmail.com. Um, now, uh, as we look towards week three in the National Football League and the Giants, obviously, with a very tough turnaround, you knew they were going to stay out there. We talked about that last week. They have stayed out there. Um, Dable made the comment that he hasn't ruled Barkley out of the game yet. That, to me, is a little gamesmanship, probably nothing more. It would be stunning, shocking if Barkley plays in this game after suffering what looked to be at least a reasonable ankle injury, one that could be a couple of weeks. I mean, they first said a couple of weeks. Now, not ruling him out of this game. Hey, he wants to give San Francisco everything to game plan for. He wants to make sure they are working on things that they're not going to have to do and that he can give them some different looks. It's just a little gamesmanship there, I think, more than anything else. I would be stunned if he actually played in the game because preparing and changing is very tough. And without Barkley, they're going to have to do some changing of an offense in short order. It's a very quick turnaround. I think the Thursday night game always puts the road team at a significant disadvantage. The only time they're not is when they are a vastly superior team. Uh, That obviously is not the case here as nobody – Nobody goes into San Francisco with an edge on talent. Uh, They are as talented as just about any team in the league. The only reason I put them behind Dallas and Philly is their key guys have a habit of getting hurt year after year, and they're so reliant on a handful of people. You know, they're not the same if something goes on with McCaffrey. They're not the same if something goes on with Trent Williams, and those guys seem to always get hurt. Um. San Francisco has looked good to very good in their first two games. There's still some question about Purdy as an all-purpose quarterback. You know, he hasn't been very good on the deep ball, but again, that's nitpicking. He's productive. They're productive in the running game. They're productive in the passing game. They do everything that you'd want as a team. They are a very tough team to prepare for and a very tough team to handle because they have a lot of superiority on both lines. This is not an easy game for the Giants. As a matter of fact, no matter what would have happened in Arizona, this was going to be a very tough game for the Giants. Giants will have 11 days off after this game to heal. Who knows where Barkley stands? We'll have to play that game by game. Uh, but they'll have 11 days off before they play a Monday nighter against Seattle uh, next week. But first, it comes San Francisco and a very tough matchup. Now, the thing that's, that just jumps out at you, before you get to uh, Daniel Jones and the passing game we saw in the second half against Arizona, which that made you very, very happy, but 
What has got to have you very concerned is the fact that the Giants have allowed 68 points in two weeks and they have not gotten a single sack. As a matter of fact, they don't get near the quarterback. We thought the Giants had improved in that area and had improved defensively on the fronts with their personnel. And let's be honest, this has been a big disappointment. So it's got to change. If it doesn't change, there's no way that defense is going to stand up. Now, this is a tough team to do that against because of the fact that, not because Purdy doesn't get hit, he does, but this is a tough team because of the versatility they bring to the offense. They bring a lot of interesting weapons to the offense, and they can run the ball, and they will run the ball, and they will throw the ball and get a lot of run-after-catch stuff in their offense, a tremendous amount in their offense, which makes the quarterback numbers look even better. But the Giants have got to pick it up defensively. They have been awful, just absolutely awful defensively. Now, did you like what you saw in the passing game in the second half, what you got from Daniel Jones? Absolutely. What you got in the uh, Jones hitting Walla? Absolutely. Did you like that he got the ball down the field and was, you know, and got a uh, vertical passing game going in the second half of the Cardinal game? Absolutely. That is stuff you expected to see this year, and you're going to see with this team, and you're going to have to see it for this team to have any chance at all. Now, again, the perplexing thing there was how they ever got behind an Arizona team by that many points. I mean, it didn't say anything for the offense. It didn't say anything for the defense. I still can't say anything for the defense. Now, the offense... You know, once they broke the play with Hyatt, it seemed to give them a rejuvenation. You know, he targeted Walla eight times. He hit him six times for 76 yards. That's what you can expect, a good solid average there. He got the ball to Hyatt. He got it to Slayton. He got it to Hodges in the second half. I mean, that is what you would expect with their offense. You can sprinkle Campbell in, and you're going to have what you think will be a productive, a productive passing game. Jones's against teams like San Francisco, Jones's ability to run are going to come to the fore. They have got to lean on his legs at times in these in these kind of games. They have to. It's just part of what they do, but it can't be all of what they do. They have got to throw the ball down the field, and you saw that in the second half against Arizona, where you know they come up with a let's be honest, a remarkable. You know, remarkable performance, outscoring them 31 to 8 in the second half and outscoring them 17 nothing in the fourth quarter. That's, that's what needed to happen as they pulled off their biggest comeback, you know, since 1949. Um, more importantly, they avoided an 0 2 start, which would have been critical going into the San Francisco game. 0 3 start in a division where the other teams haven't lost a game would be nightmarish. Washington's already, beating Arizona didn't surprise anybody. Beating Denver did surprise people. I mean, Washington came back from 21-3 down in Denver. And that was surprising. So they might be a little bit better on offense than we think. Uh, they're still a cut below the other two. The Eagles haven't even, un, they haven't even unfolded their passing attack yet this year. 
they clearly miss their offensive coordinator. But the running game is so overpowering that, you know, look for them to go to 3-0 and on uh, on Monday night. Uh, Dallas is going to 3-0. and Philly is going to 3-0. and And the Giants have to somehow try to keep some pace. And at least that win in Arizona gave you a chance to come back here and get to 2-2, two and two, even if you lose the San Francisco game as expected. Even if you get you play okay in San Francisco and get beat. If you can beat Seattle on Monday night, you're two and two. At two and two, you're still in the mix. You're fine. Okay. Now, I understand you're not fine as far as the division goes when you got two teams that could be easily be four and all. I mean, we know that's the case. Okay. Dallas listen, Dallas and Philly are gonna win a lot of games this year. There's no question about it. Dallas and Philly are gonna both win upwards of 11 games, maybe even more. I think Dallas is going to win more. I'm a little worried about what I see from Philly's offense right now. Um, and Philly's lost a lot of key people already on defense. So I thought Dallas might flip them in the division. That doesn't mean they're going to be better in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, they got to rely on Dak, and I've never been one to trust Dak in a big game. The defense, though, is absolutely superb, as you've seen against both New York teams. The defense can be overwhelming and is as good as any defense, as good as any defense in the league. Now the Jets, this Pat game is pivotal for a couple of things. Number one, we know that they never beat the Pats. Number two, you know Belichick's going to have some gimmicks and some wrinkles ready for Zach. You know that going in. You can take that to the bank. I'm not saying New England's going to move the ball well against the Jets. They probably aren't. They're very erratic on offense themselves. They make a lot of mistakes. They turn the ball over. They do a lot of things wrong. But they're still a quality defensive team, and they're going to cause problems there. And the Jets have got to come to a realization. And maybe this game will be the one where they do. It's almost like they have drawn a line in the sand with Zach, and they want to prove they can do the job and win games with Zach. It's almost like the head coach wants to do that, and you're sure the general manager wants to do that because he's the guy who invested that high a pick in in the quarterback. He doesn't want to give up on him, and if he gives up on him again this year and goes and gets another quarterback to play right now, as they await the return, and that is a big question mark, return of Aaron Rodgers, that will be damning to the future of Zach Wilson. But let's be honest, a lot of us, and you know I've been very much in that camp, do not feel he can do the job right now. I'm not blaming him for what happened in Dallas, but again, He's just not up to the job. And this week will be very telling, and they will have to make a serious decision. If this game is not a good game for him and a referendum for him in some way and a victory, they will have to make some serious decisions about where they are going with the quarterback position. 
if they're going to be truthful to that room and truthful to their fan base and truthful to themselves. They have got to make an honest assessment here. You can't get stubborn and let four or five weeks go by and then say, look back and say, oh, boy. Ah, oh boy, you know. I mean, you can go back to 99 when Vinny went down. Okay? And Barcelos has even admitted that he was stubborn with Rick Meyer. Rick Meyer was not doing the job. And he waited too long to go to Ray Lucas. When they went to Ray Lucas, they took off. If he had gone to Ray Lucas two or three weeks earlier, they easily make the playoffs. Ray Lucas was the answer. Rick Meyer wasn't the answer. You've got to be honest in your assessment, and sometimes you can't be stubborn with your decisions. Now, this is not a salad decision. This is obviously an organizational decision. Woody has always liked big names or veteran quarterbacks. That's what he's liked. He's always, he was big on getting Brett Favre, even when a lot of guys in the organization didn't want to get him. He likes getting the glamour quarterback. That's his thing. It's always been his thing. So if they go and get a name quarterback, the question is what do they want to give up and how realistic are they about when Rodgers could possibly return. Forget this year. I don't take that even seriously. I think that's that's Rodgers just wanting to give himself something to shoot for, and I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with whatever Rodgers says as he gets his mind right around about convalescing from this injury. He can say whatever he wants, but that doesn't mean you believe everything he says. So when he says he'll be ready to come back this year, you take that with a very, very strong grain of salt. You don't believe that. You don't, you don't have any problem with him saying it, but it doesn't mean you believe it. And, and the Jets have a long, long season to play here. They have to keep that defense off, off the field. The other problem is they are woefully weak on the offensive line, which is going to impact them running the football. If they could just upgrade that offensive line to become a running, run-blocking line, we know it's not going to be a good pass-blocking line. If they can make it a good run-blocking line, they can take a lot of minutes off the clock. They have quality backs. They got Cook, who they can give the ball to a lot. They have... Carter as a number three, and they have a home run hitter in Hall. They have a lot of weapons back there. If they can do that and run the ball with some consistency week after week, it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback. It takes a lot of pressure off the defense. The defense is not going to be on the field. Now, listen, I'm not giving the defense kudos. The defense got to shut up about how good they are, especially when they can't get off the field and they live long drive after long drive after long drive. And you know what? If they want to have Gardner chase 
receivers all over the field, go ahead. If he's good enough to do it, let him do it. Which means if he gets, if the receiver goes to his side, he plays him. If the receiver switches sides, he switches sides. A lot of teams don't do that. Jets haven't done that. Gardner's kind of calling for it against big receivers. So if he's playing a Chase or a Jefferson or like last week, Lamb, who, cut, who ate them alive, but did most of his damage when Gardner wasn't there. He wants to flip-flop. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with that. Do that. But he's got to make the catch last week that makes him that special deep back and turn the tide in his game. The great deep back makes that interception and returns it for a touchdown. Doesn't drop it. So he has to contribute also. And they have to shut up if they're going to play like they played last week. But it won't be long before they start looking at the offense with a joint eye and grumbling about the offense because it's human nature. It happens all the time. That's why the coach cannot blindly back a quarterback who can't get the job done. He has to be honest with the room. He has to be honest with himself. He has to be honest all the way down the line with his assessment and make the right call and make the move and make it in a timely fashion. Don't give up four or five games before you make the assessment. If the assessment has to be made, make it. And bring in the veteran guy, whoever it may be. You know, work them out. See who, you know, if you want Wentz, I, I don't really love Wentz, but if you want Wentz, bring him in. If you, if you want Matty Ice, bring him in. If you want Philip Rivers, bring him in. If you want somebody else, bring him in. If you can trade for somebody, go ahead. Now, they don't want to trade for a big money quarterback because they see Aaron Rodgers in their future. They're not looking to trade for somebody who's got a huge contract. So that precludes them with a couple of guys. But they have got to bring help to the position. And they have to look at their offensive line now and decide where they can improve it because it is a major detriment. As we told you, it scared us all year. It's as bad or worse than we thought it would be. And that's why New England provides the perfect, the perfect game to make these decisions on. You know they're going to bring some quality defense, some tricky defense. If he doesn't show growth in this game, you have to make your move. If you don't move the ball anywhere against New England, the team has to make its move and not give up the entire season. Make that move early and make it right, and it can change your fortunes completely. Hoping to get Zach to take you back to Aaron Rodgers is, I think, a pipe dream. Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, send your emails to Podcast at gmail.com. Jerry. Kirk Cousins is a free agent after the season. There's a good chance the Vikings start their year one and four. I thought the Vikings were good under this year, but we'll see how bad they start. 
if that happens, is he the most realistic option to go to the Jets? Um, I don't. I don't think Minnesota is going to cash him in this year. That would really change things. I mean, look at their first two weeks. He has passed the ball very, very well. He has connected with Jefferson very, very well. They are not the problem. The turnovers are the problem. Their defense is the problem. Their passing game has been terrific. So I doubt they want to interrupt that. David, I'm a lifelong diehard Mets fan. For the first time this season, I invested in a Mets season ticket package. While I love going to City Field this year, has obviously been a colossal disappointment, and the value of the seats didn't, that we didn't use and ended up selling resulted in a meaningful loss. We just received our renewal information for next season, and I was shocked to learn that not only have the prices of our seats not been reduced, but they have actually went up. Well, obviously the Mets have more chutzpah than you think. Uh, because to raise ticket prices off this season, it, it takes chutzpah. There's no question about it. Um, I had heard <clears throat> some rumblings that they had raised their ticket prices subtly. Um, the bottom line is they'll take the criticism. They'll also take whatever they raise the tickets, 3 4 5 6%, depending which ticket you buy. Uh, they'll, they'll, take, they'll take the increase. Why? They're going to tell you everything's more expensive. Everything we do is more expensive. Everything that we have to do, our costs go up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're a business. Now, the only thing that you can say is if the owner is throwing incredible money at star players, then it's hard to quibble about the tickets and you might be able to be in, you know, it's hard to quote about them being expensive and you might be able to live with a minor increase because he's out there trying and he's spending his money. Now, he just spent a lot of money to bring Stearns in. He paid Stearns a lot of money. He's going to zero in on developing for the long term though. Whether or not they can turn it around and be good next year is a major question, and I just don't see where they're going to get the pitch. Senga's been terrific, and I'd even move him up to a two next year. I really think Senga's done a terrific job uh, in every way. But you know what? They need a lot of starting pitching next year, and it's not easy to get, and they don't have it in the system, and it's very hard to buy. Matt, since the, the Matt says since the current GM drafted Zach Wilson, wouldn't bringing in another quarterback be an admission that he whiffed on a number two overall pick? I think he's forced into living dying with him given the draft capital. What do you think? Well, right now they have their number one back for this year because it was tied to sixty five percent of snaps for Rogers, so they get it back. That being said, I doubt they very much want to put that into another quarterback if they think Rogers is coming back next year. They have a belief or non-belief that Rodgers will come back next year. I don't know what their conviction is right now or how strong their conviction is. They won't tell me that. They won't tell anybody that. Um, but if that's the case, they are going to be less likely to bring in a quarterback that costs them some serious capital, either in terms of draft picks or in terms of money. Um, that doesn't mean they don't bring in a veteran player. 
that maybe they can get off a roster or one of the guys who was outside the game. I'm sure that they are talking to people. They would be very lax if they weren't at the quarterback position. I think that the general manager has to look at it not in terms of what pick he made. He has to look at it in terms of what his record is this year and how does this impact his team this year and how can he get enough play at the position to get his team to the playoffs. He's got a defense that is built to go to the playoffs. He's got a running game that is built to go to the playoffs. He's got a quality game-breaking wide receiver. The offensive line is a big problem, and the quarterback is a bigger problem. They have got to be addressed. How close to being bust are Neil and Thibodeau? You're not going to give up on either one of them yet. You have to be very disappointed with the production from both. I think Neil could see time in a different position before he's done. Uh, They expected a lot. And obviously, Thibodeau talked a lot. He has been a big disappointment. I'm not ready to make a decision about either one of them yet, but right now, they have a long way to go, both of them, to gain credibility. A long way to go. And it better start soon. Freddie, what do you think of Coach Deion Sanders? Um, Frankly, I'm not surprised. I don't think Deion would do anything that he would fall on his face at. I think he's too smart for that. First of all, Dion knows football. He played football on the highest level. He played on great teams. And he was a great player. He's a legitimate great player at cornerback. Now, he was a little different type of corner in that you couldn't throw the ball near you wouldn't throw the ball near his receiver because he'd have a better chance at the ball than the receiver would but he also didn't tackle anybody fine the bottom line was he was a force in the passing defense you could not throw on him case closed nobody threw on him uh he was a wonderful talent and i think he would not have gone into colorado with enough players to make a quantum leap, he already did that. He knew his son could play quarterback. He knew where Travis Hunter was. He also knows that he's not there at Colorado yet because Dion's smart enough to know that he needs four to six big-sized defenders to put on the first two flanks of the defense. He needs linemen. He needs linebackers. He needs front-line defensive players. And he needs some size there. He brought the offensive guys. He didn't bring the defensive guys. Everybody wants to play for him now. Uh, He'll have opportunities to go raid teams for all kinds of players, and he will do that. He's already said he will do that. He brought in 54 new players this year, which is an outrageous amount. 
He said he brought the Louis, which means he brought the goods. He brought some players who were really good. Hey, his son's a good player. Good players on offense. They need more good players on defense. And uh, losing Hunter for a couple of weeks, especially in these big games, is going to be crippling. And I'll tell you something. The player who cheap shot at him should, should be out minimum as long as Hunter is out. And if they put him out for the season, I wouldn't be upset because that was one of the cheapest shots I've ever seen. And I think it was completely deliberate. I think they were targeting the player. We know there was bad blood all week with those teams, and I think he targeted the player. And the fact that he knocked him out the way he did, I think he should pay the price. And I know that his family said he's getting death threats. No one wants to see the kid have that kind of trouble. But he should be reprimanded severely for what he did. He was dead wrong, and so was his coach. If his coach, And I don't know if his coach was behind it, but if he was, he should know better. Because I know that we know there was a lot of bad blood between the two teams. And what Dion has built there is, you know, it's refreshing. Uh, and I, I think people felt it would take him a long time there. But, you know, he brought players there clearly that are very good. Now, you don't expect him to beat Oregon or USC. If he did one of those two, you would be ultra impressed. I mean, them beating TCU was surprising. They did it with their offense. Them beating uh, Nebraska was not surprising to me. Beating Colorado State, well, they didn't even cover the points for it. Um, They're going to have their hands full with some teams in that division and especially what they see in the next couple of weeks with Oregon and USC. Uh, But this is year one. He has filled the stadium. He has put the Buffaloes back on the map. They were completely dormant uh, program. And he's become a national figure. So he's loving life. Don, tough start to Monday Night Football this season with Aaron Rodgers and Nick Chubb both being knocked out for the season on national TV. Hey, I felt, you know, the Rodgers injury was stunning. The Chubb injury was heartbreaking. Chubb's been one of the best players in the league. And he's been a great, durable running back in his career. If anything, because he's in Cleveland and they haven't been in the playoffs, he's been highly, highly underrated. He has been a wonderfully productive back and a tremendous player. And I wish him well, and it's a serious injury. And one I hope he can come back from. Because he has been a wonderful player in the league. He really has been in every way. And obviously, listen, football is a war of attrition. Injuries are a big part of the sport. And we get reminded of that way too often. And that's why I even have to make sure I don't overreact sometimes when I see these ridiculous rough-in-the-passer calls. I know they're just trying to keep these quarterbacks upright. But, boy, they're hard to take inside the context of the game. Like with the Jets last week, they got a stop, a very big critical stop. They are off the field, and now instead 
they call a ridiculous, ridiculous rough in the passer call. And now Dak's got another shot. And they hold him again, and then they get a pass interference, which was a legitimate call. Okay? It was a bad play by the deep back. It was a, it was pass interference. But those two plays where they held him on third down and held him on third down and penalties, gave them first downs twice in a row, were backbreakers, absolute backbreakers. And the rough in the passer calls in that game were phantom at best. Those are the ones that are hard to take, but we know why they're doing it. They're trying to get through the season with quarterbacks playing rather than playing with a lot of backup quarterbacks because the games lose a lot of their meaning when you take the star quarterbacks out of the game. Now, remember, Bet Rivers is there with their app. Go check it out. Get the app. Download it. And get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus uh, money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon, and you earn a square. And you can get the Super Bowl box, you know, the, you know, the numbers, and you get three numbers or one number, depending on how much your bet is, and up to three numbers. And if you win, you can make up to $10,000. You don't put any money in. It's a great way to follow along with the game. It's a little more fun and a little added excitement to your game. And you get it as part of the extra value here with Bet Rivers. So check it out. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.